Now, what I think Tennessee needs to do, uh, or any state for that matter, in order to try to combat it is to demagnetize the state. Remove the incentives for people who are in the country illegally to come to your state. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. Today, Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson, representing Williamson County, joins us to talk about his reelection bid and to discuss issues related to illegal immigration, school choice, and corporate welfare. Senator Johnson serves on the Calendar Ethics, Finance, Ways and Means, and the Commerce and Labor Committees. He has served in the uh, State Senate for approximately 16 years. Jack received his bachelor's in education from Texas State University. He lives in Franklin, Tennessee, where he and his wife, Deanna, attend Grace Chapel Church in Leapers Fork. Senator Johnson, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's great to be with you, Brandon. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Well, before we get into election-related uh, issues, tell people a little bit about why you're seeking re-election uh, to, to the Tennessee Senate, and maybe tell them some things about you that they may not know. Well, I'm happy to do that. Again, I, it's great to be with you and great to be with your viewers. Uh, well, first of all, most importantly, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, my wife, Deanna, and I have three wonderful kids. We've got two uh, in college. One who will graduate from high school this year, kind of hard to believe, we're almost empty nesters. That's going to be right around the corner. The bulk of my professional career, Brandon, has been in banking. Uh, I've also owned uh, several small, successful small businesses over the years. Um, I've been passionate about conservative public policy since I was pretty young, an early teenager. In fact, I was 12 years old when Ronald Reagan was elected president. And like many from my generation, he had a, a tremendous impact on me. He was president from the time I was 12 till I was 20. So I'd say my formative years. Uh, I've been active in conservative grassroots politics in Tennessee for over 30 years. In fact, my wife and I met at a young Republican event uh, back years ago uh, when this state was overwhelmingly Democratic. It wasn't cool to be a Republican in Tennessee back then, uh, but we spent our free time. We didn't go on a lot of dates. We would go put up yard signs and make fundraising calls or knock doors for conservative candidates that we were trying to help get, get elected back in Tennessee. One of the big issues at that time that really helped, I think, cement, cement conservatives in Tennessee and unify them was the proposed state income tax, which came around in the late 1990s and early 2000s. And opposition to that income tax proposal, uh, it certainly motivated my wife and me to get out and work hard and try to fight and get conservatives elected who would fight against that state income tax. Now, fast forward, I now have the honor of serving in the General Assembly, representing Williamson County in the Tennessee State Senate. Uh, I was unanimously elected by my Republican colleagues to be the Senate Majority Leader, and that is an incredible honor that I get to serve in that capacity. Uh, let me touch on a few things that, that have occurred during my time in the Senate that I think kind of sets the stage for how I believe and what I stand for and the things that I think are important to fight for. Uh, since in, in recent years, Tennessee has become the most fiscally uh, well-managed state in the nation. Now, we've done that, I believe, because we employ conservative principles. If you look throughout history, you'll find, uh, I believe, that conservative principles work every single time they're tried. In fact, uh, just last year, coming out of the pandemic, Tennessee had the fastest growing economy out of all 50 states and had the fastest small business job growth. 
Uh, we are the least indebted state per capita in the country. We are the second lowest taxed state in the nation. We have a AAA credit rating across all three rating agencies. You know, our pension plan is fully funded. We've taken on no new debt in the last four years. Before the pandemic, Brandon, we had the lowest unemployment rate in the history of our state. And given the amazing rebound we've had coming out of the pandemic, we're almost back to those record low level unemployment rates. Uh, here are a few things I'm passionate about. I'm very, in, in addition to economic and tax issues, I'm, I'm very passionate about protecting the sanctity of life. I was proud to sponsor what I believe to be one of the most comprehensive pro-life laws in the entire country. Uh, the bill I passed a couple of years ago prohibits abortions after detection of a heartbeat. It also prohibits any abortion uh, that, that is chosen or based on an unborn child's race, sex, or diagnosis of Down syndrome. Uh, you know, I believe strongly in the Second Amendment. We've passed some landmark legislation in Tennessee to ensure that our Second Amendment rights in Tennessee are protected. Uh, a couple of examples, I passed legislation prohibiting the confiscation of weapons during a, uh, a state of an emergency. Uh, I sponsored legislation to protect the right of a gun owner to have a weapon in their vehicle, even if the, their employer uh, or have a weapon in their vehicle on their employer's property, because we had some employers that said, hey, you can't have a gun in your car. Well, the inside of my car is my castle. The castle doctrine applies there. So I passed that. And then, of course, I sponsored and passed permitless carry because I don't think you should have to pay a fee or get permission from the government in order to exercise your Second Amendment rights. So I, I'll wrap it up by saying, you know, I'm running for re-election so I can continue to fight for these and other conservative principles that I feel strongly about. I'm proud of what we've accomplished uh, from a conservative standpoint in, in Tennessee in recent years. I think our record of conservative achievement is, is pretty remarkable, but there is more work to do, and I'd like another four years to be able to continue that work. Well, thank you. That's a good comprehensive rundown. Uh, the first thing on the menu, uh, I, I believe that generally speaking, conservatives, not conservatives, but Republicans in our state do pretty well with what I call money issues. Can we keep the business climate pretty, pretty good? Uh, but some of these other issues we're struggling on right now, you know, Tennessee's experiencing the worst uh, illegal immigration crisis ever. You know, Joe Biden has reckless border policies have just got the border wide open. Uh, but this year, we did not see any meaningful illegal immigration reforms, in my opinion, uh, e either supported by the governor, the House Speaker, the lieutenant governor, uh, bills that would have strengthened employment requirements with compulsory e-verifier constantly fought by the Chamber of Commerce and the NFIB. They stopped the taxpayer funding of a legal uh, immigrant education bill that got killed in committee. Uh, we had a bill that just said, hey, you can't mass transport illegal aliens into our state, which I thought was going to be like a slam dunk. Maybe nobody even have to be in the room that got killed by Republicans with the help of a lot of taxpayer funded lobbyists. Uh, you know, and I, I had to break the story about this illegal immigration center that was stuck five minutes from my house and my business where kids were molested and lost. That was authorized by Bill Lee. He promised to fight illegal immigration. I've not seen any of that. As the GOP majority leader, what would you say to primary voters like me that hear something on the campaign trail, and then you watch all this legislation get killed, and it's all, there's like this huge disconnect between what happens in Nashville and what's said on the campaign trail. I'm almost to the point where I think we should just take illegal immigration off the Republican platform and just 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 say we don't care about it. Let somebody let some other party deal with it, but we will not deal with it. What do you think as the Senate Majority Leader? You're representing all everybody in the Senate. We couldn't get anything out of the Senate. I mean, just I'm just genuinely confused. Sure. Well, I, first of all, Brandon, I couldn't agree with you more that the Biden administration has 
failed us miserably whenever it comes to illegal immigration. And the sad part of that, and I would say don't take it off the Republican platform because President Trump demonstrated that you can get something done about illegal immigration. Uh, he made tremendous progress in securing the border. We've had presidents for many years, Republican and Democrat, talking about securing the southern border, building a wall. Well, guess what? President Trump actually started building the wall and it was effective. I'm not gonna say he had the, the border completely secured, but he made tremendous progress. So like you, it pains me to see Joe Biden undo so much of the good work that's been done, that was done by the, by the Trump administration. Uh, you've heard this phrase before and I, I didn't come up with it, but, but I think it's apt that Joe Biden has made every state a border state and every town a border town. And so it is a, a big issue with Republican primary voters, and it's a big issue in, in Tennessee. Now, let's look at some of the history here. Uh, you know, the Biden administration has certainly made illegal immigration worse, but it, it's been a problem for, for many years. Now, what I think Tennessee needs to do, uh, or any state for that matter, in order to try to combat it is to demagnetize the state. Remove the incentives for people who are in the country illegally to come to your state. And we've done that. We've done some of that. Should we do more? Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. We need to continue to find ways to do more in terms of demagnetizing Tennessee. I will say Governor Lee sent uh, Tennessee National Guard troops to the border to help the Texas National Guard troops that are working hard down there with Governor Abbott to try to secure the southern border. Here's a few things that, that I've done uh, to try to demagnetize Tennessee. I passed legislation requiring every state agency and every department to verify an individual's legal status before they receive any government assistance. It's called the SAVE Act. Uh, we use a lot of acronyms in, in state government, but it's the Systematic Alien Verification for Entitlement Program. And we implemented that in Tennessee several years ago. Uh, when Democrats were in control of our state, you may recall, they were actually issuing driver's licenses to illegal immigrants in Tennessee. I co-sponsored legislation to end that practice. That was some time ago. Uh, another thing that you've seen in liberal states like California, Illinois, New York, other major metropolitan areas, they will, these cities will sometimes declare themselves sanctuary cities. And what that means, they're basically declaring that they won't cooperate with federal immigration officials. They create a safe haven for people to be illegally in their cities and not have to worry about deportation or any type of criminal prosecution. Think of a big giant neon sign at your city limits that says, hey, if you're in the country illegally, just come to our city and we'll protect you. Well, I helped pass legislation in Tennessee that prohibits any city, county, political subdivision from providing sanctuary to any illegal immigrants in Tennessee. Now, you mentioned E-Verify, and that is an important tool. Uh, we have to hold employers accountable. Go back and look, in 2007, I passed the very first bill requiring the universal use of E-Verify. Every employer, every employee. It's an effective tool, it's simple. It allows an employer to determine if a prospective employee is in the country legally. Unfortunately, Democrats controlled the House at that time. I passed it in the Senate, but the, the Democrats killed it. Now, subsequent to that, we passed a different version of the law. And under current law, all employers with 50 or more employees are required to use E-Verify. We have legislation this year that reduces it to 35. It should go to zero. I think every employer and every employee uh, should be verified through E-Verify. That's why do, why do illegals come to a particular state? They typically come for work, that or to receive uh, uh, government assistance. And, and if you remove those incentives, 
I've opposed any effort to allow for in-state tuition for illegal immigrants, and that bill has come up a number of times, and I've always voted against it. And again, I'm utilizing the term demagnetize, but I think that that's the way we need to do it. Joe Biden's waving the white flag at the southern border. He's rolling out the red carpet for illegals, and until we get someone in the White House who will resume what President Trump was doing, we as a state must continue to demagnetize the state of Tennessee. Well, just to follow up, and then we'll move to the next one. Those bills, they mean the, the one that moved it down to 35 had zero teeth in it. It's like, don't do this. Well, what happens if you don't? Nothing. Well, that's not really, I mean, that's that's a that's a recommendation on a piece of paper without any teeth. Uh, but why are all these like I mean, it it seems unethical to me to ask for Tennesseans to pay for children to be educated from another country that are not their own, that have not paid in. That got killed by Republicans in committee. And, and, and the other one about uh, transporting them with Dennis Powers, and I can't remember the other gentleman, it got killed in committee. What is it with Republicans not, I mean, like, why can't we, I mean, we, there's a lot of stuff that were controversial we managed to pull together and do, and we'll talk about that a little later, but why is, why are Republicans opposing this illegal immigration reform when they, when it's not such a, I mean, it's just, I don't, that's what the real, what I want to get to the root of is like, why? Can't we get in a Republican supermajority any significant legislation on illegal immigration passed? Well, I think I, I mentioned some of the things that we have passed mm -hmm. in, in recent years. And, and you're right. There were some additional bills this year. Many of those were killed in the House. I don't serve in the House and they have subcommittees mm -hmm. over there and they, they kill bills over there a, a lot of time. I'm not going to try to defend the action of House subcommittees. Yes. Uh, I do know because I was tracking, I thought that the transportation bill was an interesting one. It is already current law. It is, it is against the law to transport anyone who's in the country illegally for financial gain. That's, that's under existing law. Now, this bill would have expanded that. There was some heartburn when you have common carriers like airlines, buses, Uber, Lyft. There's no way for, for a company like that or someone who operates in that industry to know whether or not the person that's traveling uh, is, is in the country legally or not. Uh, but I, I'm with you 100%. Anything we can do to demagnetize Tennessee and remove those incentives. I think we've addressed some of the bigger ones. Do we need to go farther? Absolutely. And Joe Biden's making it more and more important that we do that every single day. Well, thank you for answering that question. I just hope we can get something done. I was very disappointed that we were like the only organization focused on that because nobody else focuses on that. I just I just watched everything get killed one by one. And it was like just kind of depressing. Next question. Uh, Tennessee government schools are at historic lows for academic performance. Uh, parents are not being heard for one reason. Monopolies don't have to be responsible to customers. They just don't. School choice bills, even for students, and this one broke my heart, and this was killed in the Senate, uh, for students in the bottom 10% of abysmally performing government schools could not pass out of committee or were killed by Republicans. Leadership sponsored no meaningful school choice reforms. If it's really all about the kids, by the time we get around to it, most of these are going to be graduated. Uh, there's no real school choice options. For example, I live in an urban area, uh, Mr. Johnson. I cannot in good conscience send either of my two daughters to the school there. Teenage pregnancy, drugs are being sold, shots are being fired in the parking lot. I drive by there every morning on my way to work, and I, it breaks my heart to see people even dropping their kids off there because I know how bad it is. If yeah. it's all about the kids, we need to get them out of these awful situations or at least give some money to these parents to get out. But like we can't do it. And it, it's because I don't know if it's because the teachers unions or the PAC money or the taxpayer lo lobbyists. I don't know what it is, but it like, seems so easy to fix. But we can't get movement on it 
What's going on there? And this was killed in the Senate. Well, and I, I'm not on the education committee, but we passed school choice. We passed school choice legislation three years ago. I know because I was the sponsor of the legislation. We've well, been not for Hamilton County. We were left out. Good. I understood. Absolutely. As originally proposed by Governor Lee, the, the school choice bill that we passed would have included Hamilton County, Knox County, Davidson, and Shelby. And quite frankly, um, we couldn't get the votes. We couldn't get the votes to get that done. We amended the bill down in order to get it passed to address the two most egregious bad actors in the state, and that is Davidson County and Shelby County. Now, we have failing schools in other parts of the state. I completely acknowledge that, but the vast majority of our failing schools are in Shelby and Davidson counties, and the legislation that I sponsored and passed will allow parents of children zoned for those failing schools in one of those two counties to take the money that is appropriate to them by the state and use that to pay tuition at a private school. Now, unfortunately, it's unfortunately, but not unexpectedly, we were sued over that legislation and it was enjoined by a liberal activist judge. And that decision is now on appeal and it, it literally the case is sitting on the desk of the Supreme Court. I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will do the right thing, overturn the lower court decision and allow us to put that bill into practice. It will help thousands and thousands of kids that, as you say, are zoned for a failing school. I've supported school choice ever since I've been in, in, in politics and been interested in it and been studying uh, education issues. It's not a silver bullet. It's not gonna solve the problem altogether, but it is an important component. And I believe in competition. And when you have a failing school system that is not educating these kids, then you need to give parents a choice. But let me expand on that just a little bit, Brandon, because. School choice is critical. I support it. I've sponsored it. After many years of trying to get something passed, we were finally able to get a school choice bill passed. If we're allowed to implement it as we passed it and the Supreme Court upholds its constitutionality, then we will be able to build on that and we'll be able to grow and replicate that model into, into other districts. Keep in mind, even narrowed down to William, uh, or rather to Shelby and Davidson counties, that bill passed with 50 votes in the House. There's 99 members. That's the number you got to have. We didn't have a single vote to spare. In the Senate, it got 20 votes. You got to have 17. So it was close even trying to get that done. But we did. I've got the scars to show for it, <laughs> fighting very hard to get that bill passed. But at the end of the day, it's about empowering parents, whether it's school choice, whether it's engagement of parents, empowering them, letting them know what the curriculum is, what the library books are in the schools. The more parents know about their kids' education, the better the system will work because parents should be in charge of their kids' education. I've always felt like that, and I believe that. One of the reasons Williamson County, the county I represent, has a very, very high-performing school system is because there's immense parental engagement, and that's a good thing. There's a direct correlation before, between parental involvement and student success. And I know you remember this, Brandon, it made big news. When Terry McAuliffe, a Democrat, was running for governor of Virginia, I think he articulated the views of the left and the teachers unions when he said parents shouldn't have a say in, their, in the education of their kids. Well, I believe in the exact opposite. We need more parental engagement, not less. Well, thank you very much. These are tough questions, I know, and I admire you for coming on and taking. This is the last one. Um, within the last year, Republicans have given a billion dollars to Ford Motor Company. Ford opposed Georgia's election reforms publicly, embraces many forms of critical race theory, pushes an LGBTQ agenda, and the Green New Deal stuff that's being pushed. These are electric vehicles. Recently, they successfully lobbied, and this killed me, 
to limit Tennesseans' medical freedoms days after they got this big old pile of money. And I think you recently voted to give the NFL half a billion dollars, which is composed of woke millionaires and billionaires, the Titan players kneel at the national anthem. I've ran a small business and I help small businesses all over the nation. And it just irks me uh, to pick winners and losers. These people are out here struggling. We had 24% fewer small businesses after all of Bill Lee's interventionists into small, you know, for small businesses here when we ran that story last year. And we thought we don't have money to put social media censorship legislation on the budget, but we got one, we got one and a half billion to give to billionaires and millionaires who it's like we find the people that need it the least and we give it to them. And it's like, I don't get it. it. It I don't know when corporate welfare got in the front of the line in front of some of these other issues in the Republican Party platform. But if you look at the how it ends up, from, you know, was the older I get, the more I learn to ignore men's words and observe their actions. The, it just it, it, it baffles me. It, can you explain it? Sure. Well, when it comes to economic development incentives, people have differing opinions on it. But let me be very clear about where I am. I support targeted economic development incentives when you can demonstrate a quantifiable, discernible return on investment for the taxpayer. Now, you and I are going to disagree on this, I'm sure, and that's fine. I hope we can still be friends. But the Ford and SK Innovations development opportunity for West Tennessee on our mega site was a slam dunk home run for our state. Uh, Ford will be making the largest capital investment in the history of the company right here in Tennessee. And let me correct a couple of things you, you said. We're not giving a billion dollars to Ford. What we are doing um, is we're providing a $500 million reimbursable grant pool as they build out a $6 billion facility on our mega site. Now, Brandon, I spent a number of years in the investment business, and I can tell you that a 12 to one return is a good deal. We're putting in 500 million as they build out the facility, they can be, be reimbursed for up to 500 million as they build a $6 billion project. Now, the additional money uh, is appropriated, uh, that, that was appropriated for the project. That's money that'll go towards site prep work on the site, um, sewer, we have to run a, in a, a, a fluent discharge pipe to the Mississippi. We're gonna build a, a TCAD, a Tennessee Center for Applied Technology on the campus so that students can, can graduate from high school, go straight into that TCAT, and then be trained to work at the, the Ford plant or the SK, SK Innovations plant. We need to do some interstate improvements, which are badly needed in that area anyway. Now, once the project is done, it will create 20,000 high-paying jobs, generate billions of dollars in tax revenue over the next 5, 10, 20 years, uh, and that will benefit all Tennesseans and taxpayers. Now, I recognize that some people don't think we should do incentives at all, it, and I respect that. I, I do. I don't think we should do them all the time, and I think when we do incentives, we need to do very careful analysis and evaluate the ROI. So I can go back to my constituents in Williamson County who asked me about it, and I can say, here's why we did this, and here's what it's going to mean. Here's what it's going to mean for you as an individual taxpayer. Here's what it's going to mean for you as a business person. When we're generating billions of dollars in payroll taxes, F&E taxes, sales taxes, and so forth, because of the economic stimulation in that area that will come as a result of this, this project, that's going to help all Tennesseans. Um, and, and let me stress, too, the area in which this project is taking place. I represent Williamson County. We have a strong economy, lowest unemployment in the state. We've got corporations that are coming to Williamson County. 
Um, we're doing quite well. Greater Middle Tennessee is doing quite well. Hamilton County, where you live, is, is doing well. This area of West Tennessee between Jackson and Memphis has been economically distressed for, for many years. This project will be transformational for that area. It's Haywood County, and then there's some surrounding counties in that area as well. So we can agree to disagree on should you ever do economic incentives. I will uh, submit to you that when you do them, there needs to be a very clear case on the return on investment for that. And that's how I approach those. Now, I did not see that with the Titans deal. I did not think that that was a good deal for Tennessee taxpayers. I did not see that the benefit was going to come back because we put a roof on the Titan Stadium. I led the effort in the Senate to remove the bonding authority for the, the Titan Stadium. We're not appropriating any money. It's an authorization for bonds. But I didn't think we should do that. Now, unfortunately, I didn't win that fight. And there was more support for it than there was opposition. But I made sure that the Senate budget that I sponsored when it came to the floor of the Senate did not have that language in there. Let me close on that particular issue with this, Brandon, and, and it's, it's good news. For those of us who weren't convinced that the Titans thing is a good deal for Tennessee, and I did not, I think the Ford deal is a great deal for Tennessee. The Titans, I did not support. But the bonds that were authorized in the budget for the roof on the Titan Stadium over my objections and the objections of others, they won't be issued unless and until a new stadium is actually constructed. And that will be years from now. There's a lot of work that has to be done. The city of Nashville's got to come up with whatever they've got to come up with. The Titans have obviously got to come up with a large amount of money. We'll see if that ends up happening. In the meantime, uh, I'll be there to continue to hopefully be here to continue to fight for accountability on that particular deal. Uh, if they if the bonds are ultimately issued, then I want to make sure that the taxpayers of Tennessee are protected. Well, I appreciate you answering that tough question. I wish that if there was ever going to be some big giveaway program, which apparently we like to do, that we would do it like for small businesses until we shut the small businesses down. I don't think I've ever seen Tennessee try to give them any of their money back as a program. I think that would be a very interesting thing to see. You could call it small business welfare. If we're going to get into the welfare business, let's just let's just do it for the little guy too. Uh, so that's been it was just as a small business owner, it's been it's been rough to watch. If you've listened this far, you're one of the true blue Republicans that care about what's going on in our state. So let me tell you, we are the only organization in the state of Tennessee that's doing this kind of reporting so that you actually know who's conservative and who isn't. So if you would go to tennesseeconservativenews.com support, this has been the hardest damn thing I've ever had to raise money for. I've raised money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, Baylor School, state and local candidates, federal candidates, my fraternity, church, you name it. This thing has been the hardest to get support for because there's no money in keeping people free. And there's, there's a lot of money in taking people's rights away. So if you go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support, if you give $50 or more or a $10 plus recurring donation, we will send you this. Don't California my Tennessee Tumblr. If you put uh, the convictions and the courage of the majority of these people on these committees up in Nashville in here, uh, which would amount to about this much conviction and courage only when it's politically expedient. And if you put it in here and you shook it up, it would swell all the way to the brim and perhaps even overflow. Uh, out of this because it has magical properties. We'll also send you a Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker along with a Proud Tennessee Conservative bumper sticker and you will get my heartfelt appreciation plus this directory 
of your state and local, uh, your state elected representatives in the House and the Senate. And I hope that, that thing changes. I hope that that thing really changes a lot between now and uh, the election because we need some, we need some conservative legislators up there to quit lying on the campaign trail and to start doing things in committee. So please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support and hit that support button. You'd be one of about three people to do it. Moving right along. So now let's get into some of the campaign issues. Uh, talk about the top three issues uh, you will be vocally fighting for in the upcoming legislative session. What are you going to be focused on, uh, Majority Leader Johnson? Well, it, it all, for me, it, it always starts with the economy. It starts with our budget. It starts with the economy, making sure we continue to have a balanced budget, which, of course, we're required to do by the Constitution. We continue to keep our taxes low. As I said in my opening statement, we're the second lowest tax state right now. I'd love for us to be the least tax state. We're the least indebted state. Because if you get those things right, Brandon, it's amazing what other problems take, kind of start to take care of themselves. Not, not all of them, but if you have a good, strong economy and a great business climate, then it certainly helps. So we'll certainly continue to, to focus that. I also mentioned about empowering parents. One of the things we learned with COVID is with school shutdowns and, and kids remote learning, parents learned a lot about what's going on with their kids with regards to curriculum, things that are being taught and so forth. I'm not saying it was a good thing for kids to be remote learning from home, but if there's a silver lining that came out of that, it's parents got more engaged in their kids' education. I've seen that in Williamson County in terms of school board engagement and involvement, and you've seen it all over the state. So I'm all for that. I wanna fan the flames of parental empowerment, engaging parents or equipping parents to be engaged in their kids' education. We're talking about it, an education funding formula reform that we've been working on here. And if that passes, that's going to create even more opportunity for transparency and accountability in, in education. And the final thing I would say, and it dovetails with the immigration conversation we had earlier, Brandon, and that is I want Tennessee to be a leader in standing up to the Biden administration. And by that, I mean asserting our 10th Amendment uh, state sovereignty rights. Our federal government is completely out of control. It has been for a long time. Under the four years, the four years under President Trump, we saw that revert a bit more towards federalism and empowering states and having less input and manipulation and meddling from the federal government. I want Tennessee to be a leader in that, whether it's through litigation, legislation, any way we can to stand up to the, uh, to the federal government, we need to do so. I believe in state sovereignty. I think that's what our founders wanted the 50 states to be laboratories of democracy and they wanted a small limited federal government we've gotten far too far away from that very good those are three good good issues hopefully that nullification uh process goes through i know uh that uh janice bowling has been working on that and i hope we can get that codified because i think we'll probably have to we probably should have already used it on several things we need to probably go ahead and get it wrapped up uh so you're running for office if people want to know more about you, more about your campaign, where can they follow you, find you, reach you, learn more about you, learn more about your campaign? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Johnsonfortennessee.com is my website. You can contact me through there. 
Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook are the two social media platforms I use most often. I'm pretty easy to find. Just search Senator Jack Johnson and get engaged. And certainly if it's a, a legislative matter, uh, official state business, you're welcome to contact my Senate office as well. And I'd be happy to talk to you uh, either in person or over the phone or via email. I always appreciate engagement from, uh, from concerned citizens. All right. And Jason, if you would throw that up on the old screen, uh, the website, uh, so that people know how to get in touch with him. Uh, thank you so much for coming on here. I appreciate you. I know you're very busy uh, wrapping up the sessions. You're probably eager to get out there and campaign. So uh, thank you for your time. Great. Brandon, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I wish you the very best. Thanks again uh, for all of our viewers who have tuned in. If you appreciate this uh, and other stories similar to it, uh, go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, hit the subscribe button, or uh, search for Tennessee Conservative wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis, signing off.